Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Engineering Success Podcast, episode 25. I'm shooting this episode from the good old city of New Orleans, Louisiana. I shared this in the last episode, but that would be the last episode filmed in San Antonio, and it was for now. Uh, my wife and I have moved to New Orleans. It was a move that did not come without chaos, uh, namely being our movers taking forever to load our U-Haul, then us leaving six hours later because they didn't fully load the U-Haul, then our U-Haul tire popping, and us getting stranded on the road for three hours waiting for U-Haul roadside assistance. Um, it, was a, it was a crazy move, but we're here. We have a bunch of boxes. Thank God for green screens, or else otherwise you'd see the absolute chaos in my office, but things are good. It's the Engineering Success Podcast, and we're having a good time. Before we get started with the podcast, I'm gonna give a quick shout out to John Ott. John Ott is our top tier supporter. Join John Ott, supporting the podcast, 10 bucks a month, and you get a shout out at the beginning of every single episode of the podcast. There's a link in the description box for you to go to Patreon or support me directly through Anchor, whatever way you prefer, but thank you, John Ott. And reminder, uh, write in your questions to engring.success at gmail.com if you want to have your questions responded to on the podcast. And remember to give a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you read it, give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and it's family-friendly, I will read it on the podcast. Also, commenting on YouTube really helps me out, so make sure you do that, like, subscribe, do all that stuff. All right, well, that's the clerical nonsense. Now, I mentioned earlier that I am in Louisiana, and in the spirit of all things Louisiana, I figured why not bring back my favorite Louisianan in the history of the podcast, Mr. Luke Callahan. So, Luke, I'm about to bring you onto the screen. How you doing, buddy? Doing good. Thank you for having me, Daniel. Uh, I hope the move isn't too crazy, and you actually get to enjoy the big easy. <laughs> And Louisiana and everything it has to offer. Um, so, but thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's, yeah I had to have you on. You know, it, it, yeah, you're the first person I thought of whenever I was coming over here. I was like, ah, I gotta tell Luke I'm here. <laughs> so, so now you're not in Louisiana yourself currently. Right. No, I'm. Uh, I moved up to Charlotte, North Carolina, um, right right out of school. But I spent the first 22 years of my life in Louisiana. So. Okay. So yeah, so you're, you're definitely an expert. Yeah. So how far did you grow up away from from uh, New Orleans? Um, I grew up on the North Shore. So uh, I grew up in, far. in yeah, I grew up around Hammond, the Hammond area, which is okay. the intersection between 55 and 12. Okay, sweet. Sweet. So now you're in Charlotte. Now, last time we talked to you, you were working for one company. Yeah. Now that we're talking to you again, I hear that you have changed employers. Yeah. yeah so how's that going? <laughs> um, it's going well. Uh, I think I think it's a good move for for my career, um, and I definitely think there's going to be a. Hopefully, this one's going to last a little bit longer than my previous ones have. Uh, pending no no crazy crazy monkey <laughs> wrenches get thrown my way, but um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's been good so far. Uh, I'm fortunate to work with like a really good team that provides a lot of resources and is really there to help me uh, grow my career and really develop into the engineer that I think I want to be. So yeah. yeah, things are going great. Yeah, so, so yeah, you've had a lot of things happen in your career so far really quickly. And 
you know, one of the biggest focuses of this podcast, obviously we're going to get into the rest of the podcast and, and, and to go through our LinkedIn lunatics and respond to questions. But I know I want to give you an opportunity to really kind of share some things that you've been working on as a young professional and any, any bits of advice that you have for anybody as a, as a guest on the podcast. What have you been working on and what other things can other people take into their young careers? Um, yeah, so I guess, <clears throat> I guess I could give you a little bit of a backstory of how I ended up switching. So um, I know there's a lot of kind of uh, negative kind of correlation between like kind of job hopping as a young professional, you know, like people really uh, want you to be loyal and they want you to grow, which I strongly encourage, you know, like whenever you, you know, sign on to a company and you start your career with that company, you're not really valuable until about three to five years in, right? That's the point where you should have a really firm understanding of how to do whatever you've been doing for the past three to five years. So I definitely yeah. encourage it. My situation, of course, was a little unique because the first one, it got hit with the pandemic. And then, you know, the second second job that I started, um, there was an opportunity to stay with them, but the project that they were working on here in the Carolinas, so um, in the event that anybody knows, I was working on the Panthers project. Uh, so the Panthers, the Carolina Panthers were building a sports facility, um, yeah. like a training and headquarters uh, just south of Charlotte, about 15, 20, 20 miles or so. Um, and they kind of pulled the plug on it. They're like, yeah, we don't want to do this anymore. So whenever that happened, it was kind of like, okay, I can either move to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. That was kind of the offer was like, if I wanted to stay with the same company, I could move to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, or I could look for other opportunities within Charlotte. And so I took the latter um, because I think that I also wanted to get into something a little bit different. Yeah. Um, so I stayed in Charlotte, and now I work for a manufacturing company, a company as a, a part of their engineering group, um, their, I guess, corporate engineering group that goes out and is uh, right now just trying to be an asset. So we help with capital projects mm -hmm. for help kind of trying to standardize things and uh, create just kind of a uniform way of approaching problems and finding solutions with all the teams and pulling together all the best solutions that they have from all the other sites, right? Because like some sites do some things really well and some sites don't do things as well. So we're trying to kind of find, you know, where sites have seen a lot of success and pulling it all into one. So that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. So, so, so what advice do you have for other young people that are maybe transitioning into a new role like like you've been doing recently um i would say probably the biggest thing is that you want to you want to set up some some goals i think is probably the biggest thing yeah um and typically something that's kind of discussed is like a 30 60 90 day goal so you may hear that a lot whenever you're starting a new new job but you want to you want to set up uh some work goals you know so yeah like, some work goals that you accomplish within the first month, within the first two months, and then within the first three, but also some personal goals that you have for yourself. So that way you have something to look forward to outside of work and keep a good work-life balance. Yeah. So, so I, I, I hear this acronym around goals a lot and I'm cheating because I'm yeah. looking at your notes. So how do you, how do you set up your goals personally? Um, so I think something that you probably want to do whenever you kind of sit down is you know, like it's never too early to start thinking of five to 10 years in the future. Um, and so like yeah. whenever you're doing that, you want to make sure that you're putting yourself on a path 
that you're going to be able to accomplish that goal within, you know, five to 10 years. Um, and so a way or something that has kind of been coined is like a smart goal. So yeah. something specific, uh, something that's measurable, uh, something that's achievable, relevant and time bound. Right. So it's not just like, Hey, I want to, like, I want to be CEO of the company one day. And it's like, okay, like, is that, is that really, uh, I mean, it, it's very specific. It is, but is it really like achievable to do within like your first, you know, like you just started here. Do you really think that you're going to be able to run a multi-million or multi-billion dollar company potentially? Uh, is it, uh, is it relevant? relevant? Is, uh, yeah, is it relevant, relevant to your day to day? Yeah. Not really. Right. No, and, <laughs> no. And then is it, uh, time bound? It's like, what, what kind of time frame are you giving yourself? Right. Cause like that could take, I mean, it could be like impossible. Like what if it's a family owned business and there's no opportunity for you to get into kind of that, uh, that position where you could potentially take over. So, you know, like you don't want to do stuff like that. Uh, you want to make sure that you're doing things that are going to be, uh, you, you don't want to set yourself up for failure. That's, yeah. That's what I'll say. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, you know, you're, you're three, two, three years into three, actually going on four years into your career. And, yeah. and you, you talked a lot about career goals and you mentioned earlier, personal goals. What, what are some of the most important personal goals you think, are for people that are starting their career for the first time what are the things that they should be focusing on to take care of themselves on the on the other side that's not just their career um i think the biggest one that people tend to like kind of overlook or not really think about um is like financial like set up some financial goals um what do you mean i'm an engineer i make good money i'm gonna be making good money for the rest of my life what do you mean finances (laughs) Well, some people, they look at that, right? That, that, you know, they get a really good offer and then it's like, oh, oh my goodness, like I'm making more money than I've ever made in my entire life. Like I yeah. can go out and buy whatever I want. And that is not the case. Like that is not the case at all. Cause you're going to put yourself in a situation where you're just going to be like, just up to your eyeballs in, in debt. And like, it's, it creates a really stressful situation. Right. And so like, yeah. if you, if you want to have uh, a successful career or successful, like anything, um, you need to be able to feel comfortable and feel relaxed in like your home and with your personal life. And like a big one, like a big stressor in almost any environment is money. Like that is something that a lot of people care about and a lot of people uh, struggle with. And so like you definitely want to make sure that you're setting up a good budget, that you're, um, you know, again, like kind of that 5, 10, 15 years in the future kind of thing. It's like, okay, well, where do I want to be? Right. So like maybe you just you graduated, you've got someone that you've been dating or you've been seeing for a while. And like, you want to, you know, think about getting married. It's like, you can't just like wedding rings aren't cheap, you know, houses aren't cheap. Weddings aren't cheap. So, you know, like you have to set yourself up um, for success in that, in that regard and really take care of that or else it's going to impact every aspect of your life. Every single one. Yeah. That's so true. I'm sorry I spent the entire time you were saying that, trying to get a cough drop, but I'm concerned that I'm going to be coughing this entire time. (laughs) You're okay. But, yeah, you're right. I I think that your your career success is definitely very tied to your personal life success. I mean, those are the two biggest aspects of our life, right? So the the things that you can do to create stability in one – I think it, it really helps you create the stability in the other. Because like, as you're saying, like, I mean, yeah, you can have a great, for another example, you can have a great opportunity, but if you're not in a position financially to be able to 
to make the leap, to make the jump and, and, and go do the thing that's the best thing for your career. Maybe it's you have to relocate and and you have to just and you have to have a little you have a partner that's with you and and you want to have the financial flexibility to be able to rotate uh, to a new job and then have them figure out what kind of job they're going to get whenever you move that that kind of stuff. I mean, if you're not financially stable, then you might miss out on opportunities because you're not maintaining that financial stability. Um, and then, and then vice versa, you know, no, as you, as you can attest to, I mean, no job is permanent. Right. So. Right. I mean, (laughs) as much as they, they like to paint the idea that, you know, like once you're in, you're kind of, you're there permanently and they'll take care of you forever. I mean, like stuff comes up, stuff happens that you know even with, <clears throat> yeah so like you know stuff happens in our personal lives all the time you know like you were just telling me about you know you had like an $1,800 car fixed or whatever that came up and like that happens to us on our personal lives that definitely happens for big businesses you know sometimes they're facing bankruptcy sometimes a project kind of goes sideways and they end up in a spot where they have to cut overhead or they have to kind of reduce costs in whatever way that they can or maybe they're just yeah. struggling to get work at the time and so like that, yeah yeah so like, don't take that for granted. Yeah, thanks, Luke. And any any other any other advice that you have uh, before we go into the into the pod? Uh, with goals. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I could I could talk about goals all day. Uh, to be honest with you. <laughs> From but your I notes. Guess, I will. <laughs> I'll give you I'll give you two more two more personal goals, and then I think we should probably discuss some work some work goals. I think people want to see some tips and tricks for success in an engineering setting and in a professional format. So um, two other personal goals that I think are really healthy and really important to have is uh, focusing on your mental health and your physical health. I think that's something that you should definitely set up within the first 30, 60, and 90 days. And so what does that look like? I mean, I know for me, uh, for my personal health, right, I need to find a doctor. I need to find a dentist. Um, if, you know, like if you have any sort of other thing that you need, you know, maybe like a therapist or whatever, um, something that's going to take care of, take care of you and take care of your mental health. So it's something that you don't have to be concerned about. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, also maybe try and find something that's going to support your hobbies and get you outside and get you active or exercise or get you around people, other like-minded people. That's going to be good for, um, just having a good group of, of friends like outside of work that you can have. Yeah. Um, what's, what's your hobby? Mine? Uh, yeah. So I, I uh, what I do to keep kind of fit and kind of active is uh, I go to the gym a lot. I try and try and go, you know, because I travel a lot more now, it gets kind of taxing and kind of hard to, to go every day. But I, I'm aimed for, you know, four to five days a week, preferably five. Look at that. I'm yeah. Gonna, I'm, no. I'm not going to do that. Daniel. I'm not, you're, you're going to embarrass me. So I'm not going to do that. Um, but also I'm trying to pick up some outdoor activities. So like yep. snowboarding, I picked up snowboarding this year, which was very, is that a easy. thing in the Carolinas? Uh, they have some, they have some, it's not, okay, so you, it's not, okay. No, so your hobby is like that you like, outlet. you fly far away and you go snowboarding. That's your hobby. <laughs> No, they do have it in the Carolinas. They do. They okay. have some. They have uh, they have one that's about two hours from me here in Charlotte. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely something that I could do as like a day trip. Uh, but like if you want some real snow and some real mountains, you're gonna have to go with for all that. I mean, that's pretty much how it is with any anything outdoors. Like if you want to find the best hiking trails, you know, the best snowboarding, best surfing, best waves, whatever. 
like you're gonna ha- you're gonna have to go out west like the, yeah. the rocky mountains are just absolutely beautiful and like it's hard to beat them in any regard so that's how you picked up this hobby is you just go to the rocky mountains like on the regular or like no uh... no 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 i go i go here in the carolinas so maybe <clears throat> if i'm lucky i'll get to go you know out west you know like once a year or maybe once every other year but no, mm. I go I go here in the Carolinas, and that's something that you can do with a group of friends, and it eats up a day. Um, and if you have kind of like your own equipment, it's not super expensive to go. Um, if you don't have your own equipment, then it can get somewhat pricey because you're probably looking about I don't know three to four hundred dollars per yeah. day because you know like you got to buy your lift ticket, which is typically like here it's like eighty bucks. But if you go out west, it's like two fifty. Um, yeah. You have to rent a board, boots. Um, helmet you know like all that kind of stuff and uh and then of course you have to have like the clothes so it can be kind of it, it can it can start out to be kind of expensive but it's fun i mean it's a good way to spend you know a weekend or a saturday especially in the winter when there aren't a lot of other things like you know like you can't really do too much um like outdoor activities you don't really want to do any outdoor activities you know like just walking around the city mm-hmm. so yeah that's a cool hobby that's much cooler than my hobby i mean then again, my hobby is expensive too. I mean, I, I I'm not one to talk. Like everybody that listens to this podcast knows golfing. that I'm an av- yeah go I'm an avid golfer. Golfing so that, yeah, yeah. I know I'm, I'm Maddie and I are like, getting into it. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to look yeah. at getting into it, man. And it's just like I don't want to buy clubs, and I don't want to look like a, I'm gonna look like a fool on, yeah. on any sort of anytime you put something like that in my hand and I have to hit some sort of tiny it's just gonna not work it's I'm gonna look terrible so yeah. I don't know I probably will at some point I think it's good I think for all the young people all the young engineers that are that are getting out there you should pick up golf it is or any far, hobby but yeah golf. Yeah. but but you should well yeah you should definitely have some personal hobbies that you haven't do you enjoy but golfing is like that is one of the most common ways that business trips or any sort of uh, corporate kind of function. At least in our industry, yeah. To do with yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's across every industry. Like, people, really? golf, that's what they do. Especially, you know, like, um, you know, like your higher-ups, they want to go sit on a nice golf course and go hit a bunch of, yeah, They just, that's what they do. So pick, pick it up. Just so, yeah. just so you're at least, like, good enough to not look like an idiot out there. Yeah, yeah. Pick it up so yeah. you're good enough to not look like an idiot, and that you know enough to not be disrespectful right. while you're out there. Yeah, yeah. Just, just yeah, enough to like, yeah, yeah, yeah. just enough to know what you're doing. That, that's a good point. Right. Yeah. yeah. All right. I've, I've thoroughly true. distracted you, Luke. What, what, what no, were we talking no, no, about? You're good, you're good. <laughs> um, uh, I think we have one, one other goal. So we, we talked about, of course, like the financial goals that you need to do for. Um, for your, for your personal goals, so financial goals, so set up a budget. If you if you don't know how to how to do that or like what um, good tactics are for you know understanding your finances, I would definitely recommend Dave Ramsey's book. Um, you I don't I don't remember what it's called. What's it called? Do you know what it's called, Daniel? Um, the extreme extreme money makeover or something. Extreme money makeover. That yeah yeah. If you, if you're coming from a position where you have no idea what to do, yeah. 100%. That's a good. That's if, a yeah, good place to yeah. start. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely a good place to start. Um, it's a, it's a foolproof method on how to live a live a life where you're gonna get to the end of it and you're gonna have some money left over and you're gonna be able to enjoy it. 
now that's not for everybody like some people are you know intelligent enough to kind of like work other ways and work other avenues and do other things but um that's a good place to start um so yeah so build some financial goals you know talk about some things that you want to buy and want to get and like you know build a good budget take care of your personal health um and then i think i have i had one more um no maybe that was it uh, I think I think it was hobbies. The hobby one was like tied into the other one. Yeah, yeah. So find some personal hobbies, and then also do some things for your personal health. Make sure that you take care of your personal health. And for all the men out there, find, if you're working in a professional setting, find a barber. You got to. Are you saying so something? Dan, Dan, no, Dan, no, 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 no. You look good, Daniel. No, you look great. But Daniel's going to have to find one. He's going to have to find one now that he's moved to New Orleans. Because if he goes like two months without a haircut now he'll get away with it because he's on site but if he goes two months without a haircut it, it would be hard for him to walk around a corporate office setting looking very very shaggy no you're right no there's a there's a barber shop that's like a three minute walk from where we just moved to but it's one of those bougie ones where you need an appointment so yeah, one of my one of my friends is in town this past weekend, and he was like, "Yeah, I walked in there asking for a, 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 if they had walk-ins, and they were like, we don't do walk-ins here.' So I don't I don't know if that is gonna be the I don't know place that I, I go I to. I'm more like a thirty bucks for a beer and a haircut kind of guy. Um, so we'll we'll, yeah. we'll see. I, I'm gonna you're right. I'm gonna have to find one. Uh, so wish you me luck. Have to find one. I will say though, like I uh, I don't. A lot of places I feel like I've gone to, they don't really do the, the walk-ins anymore, especially not since COVID. So, like, before COVID, I think it was more prevalent, right? So, like, you didn't mind if there were a bunch of people kind of waiting, and it's like, hey, you know, if I finish this one somewhat soon, like, you just hop in and we'll work you in. But now with COVID, I think everybody's, you know, especially you have to sanitize and, like, you have to do every Like, there's a lot more that goes into a haircut than previous. So, I think a lot of places okay. now you have to get an appointment. Okay. Okay. I, I will. I will relent. So set up to the that. appointment. I will, set up the appointment. Yeah, okay. Fine. Fine. Yeah. Fine. 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 All right. So you you hinted at some professional goals. Yeah. Yeah. And this is where you, you can also chime in. But I think some we can we can discuss some good like uh, some good thirty thirty day goals. Um, so I think like anytime that you start a new position, I think you know like there are just some pretty good staple things that you should do every new job that you start. Um, and I think, and you could probably test this, Daniel, but I think the first one, the first big one is you should probably find a mentor. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah. And that should be something that you, honestly, that you're getting done, you know, potentially like week one or week two, but yeah. definitely within the first 30 days, find somebody that you can lean on pretty heavily yeah. to kind of like walk you through. And this is like, this will help you with any sort of, um thing that you have that's company related right like it could yeah. be hey you know like i don't know how to do this expense report exactly or, yeah you know, a travel thing like you have somebody yeah. to go to and it's not like the other guy that got hired the same day you did right yeah like, no exactly yeah. it's so important and, yeah, it, yeah, and it doesn't yeah. have to be your i'd say that obviously you have that built-in mentorship you have you get with your manager but i, I think it's, it is really important to have somebody else because Right. Say, for example, the first time you need to negotiate a, a raise, that negotiation is going to be with your manager. So you're going to need yeah. somebody else that's maybe a lead or somebody else has been through it before or, or somebody that maybe maybe you even get lucky enough to get plugged in with somebody that's in a leadership role in the company that's beyond the scope of your manager. Yeah. But yeah. but 
you know, some some kind of it's really important to have somebody that's other than just your manager that you can kind of lean on for those kind of things because there will be instances. Yeah, that's a great point, Luke. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And I like that you bring up, you know, like, of course, it is pretty easy to kind of rely on your manager and your boss, right? Because they're probably overseeing a lot of your work and they're very, very, especially if you're right out of college, they're going to be very, very hand-bombed for yeah. the first, like, year. They're going to be, yeah. like, very, very involved in what you're doing, yeah. how you're doing your projects, how you're doing whatever you're doing. Um, and eventually it'll kind of wean off. But as you get kind of into more, as you're there for longer, there's an expectation that you're going to be able to handle certain responsibilities and that you're going to be able to do a lot of things on your own. Um, yeah. And yeah, and sometimes like you're going to have to sit in front of that man and be like, hey, I, or sit in front of that person and say, hey, I want a 10 to 15% raise. Like I think, yeah. you know, like, hey, I've gotten an offer from somewhere else, right? So like say you're making 75 here and it's like, hey, I got an offer somewhere else and they want to pay me 90 Right. And like that's significant enough that you would have to have some really good benefits or some really good reasons to keep you grounded at your current yeah. place. Yeah. To pass up an extra 15 K a year. And whenever you do that, like you can't go to your boss and uh, that's been your mentor for two years or three years and say, Hey, I had this offer, you know, like, what do you know about this company? What do you know about this position? What's the expectation here? Like, what would you do if you were in my shoes? Because then, you know, what he's going to think, what he's thinking is great. Now I have to, like, potentially find somebody to replace you if you leave. Yeah. And I don't want to pay you more, right? Because, like, if I if I pay you more, then, like, we're, it's going to cut into the company's profits and that's going to yeah. not look great. And yeah. so it's kind of like a, there's going to, you're going to be in situations where it may not be, they may not be acting in the best interest of themselves. And you want to make sure that you have somebody that's going to look at the best interest of you and your, yeah. your growth and your potential. Yeah, and, and it's not to say that there aren't outliers to that, right? But it, it, yeah. it's good to just put yourself in a position where you're not having to rely on the outlier. That's that's a big deal. Right. All right, what's another big yeah, goal? Absolutely. Um, another big goal uh, within like the 60 I think within the 30 days, I think you should also have like a lot of your clerical stuff done. All right, so like get your 401k set up, get your medical insurance, get all that stuff set up. Yeah. Get your email signature set up, get everything done. I think a good thing within the first 30 days is try and go around and, and meet people, set up times mm -hmm. to have discussion. This one could kind of bleed into like the 60 days, but, you know, meet people and meet everybody. You know, like we're, I'm talking because there's going to be a good chance, especially if it's a small office, that you're going to interact with everybody, you know, mm -hmm. so like more than just like your other engineering team, more than your engineering lead, more than your manager, like go and talk to the, the secretary, you know, cause like the secretary may be the person that you have to go to if you have to like send stuff to a vendor or you have to send stuff to a contractor or something like that may be the person that also handles like your document control and you want to yeah. have a good relationship with them. So meet, yeah. meet other people in your office for sure. Yep. Um, <clears throat> and I think within the first 90 days, something that you probably want to have is like you you'll be pretty settled in by that point i think you probably want to have that conversation with your boss and say hey you know especially if you're right out of school it's like hey you know like what are some expectations that you have for me for the next yeah, year you know like, exactly this is where i want to go this is where i want to be when can i get involved like what sort of projects do you have lined up for me for the next year um yeah. you know and like you want to have that conversation so that way you're in a state where you're in control of your career um, mm. as opposed to just kind of being like, of course you want to be accessible and you want to be reliable and you want to be uh, somebody that they can depend on, Yeah. but you want to be in control of your career as much as possible. And so like, if you just leave it up to them and it's just like, well, I don't have anything to do, 
and he hasn't given me anything so like i guess i'm just not going to do anything it's like no i need to be in control of this maybe like i want to get involved say you're a mechanical engineer by by nature but you understand that electrical instrumentation plays such a big role that you need to get some exposure right yeah it's like hey you know like there's an opportunity that you know we're going out to meet with a vendor and they're going to show us some of our instruments and some of the stuff like can i tag along is that okay can i do that so like have those conversations that way you're in control and you can get some you, you know you can kind of uh carve out the career that you want as opposed to whatever career they tell you to have yeah that, that makes sense I, and i think you you hit on something really good earlier is you know having that conversation about not only what projects um that you're going to be working on but also what success in that role looks like for a year yeah uh you know yeah. and, and these are again if you're working for a company that is an established company that has plans and procedures in place to deal with these kind of things and like theoretically this stuff should already be happening but if it's not happening you need to be driving it to happen and you need to be asking your managers you know um at what point in time do you think that i would be uh spun up to fully doing this role autonomously um what 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 timeline do you think that is so that that way you can come back and say well i hit that or i beat that and then you say okay well what does it look like for me what does it look like for me six months from now or a year from now if you can't get you know the granularity of when i'm spun up but you know what does it look like what does somebody usually look like six months into this role and then the other one that i would really hit on and this is like very early on and this will also help you set expectations for for promotions and and salary increases but you should you should you should have already gotten an idea whenever you came into the job when merit increases are and that kind of stuff but and you should probably have already gotten a good idea of when promotions are but this is another time where you can re-emphasize that so Hey, if I'm a level one, what 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 does it look like for me to be a level two, and what yeah, timeline absolutely. is that usually achieved on, and how can I how can I document my progress from level one to level two so that, that way I can get to level two, um, and, and doing that will put you in a position where you're you, you again you're you're taking control of your career, not only from a physical day to day but also a long term progression thing and 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 driving that I mean because. I mean, yes, there are outliers, but for the most part, you you are the person that is responsible for your career progression in many ways, and you have you have obviously companies will support that and companies will invest in you, but you you in, in the end, it is your personal accountability. You drive the bus, so you just have to hop on the bus and drive the thing. So doing that early on, so that that way you're not six months in in a toiling situation, uh, not not knowing what's going to happen next in your job, is it's just super important. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And that is that is something that everybody should have a conversation with their boss about is what, you know, like, what do I need to master to move on to the next step? Right? Because you mm-hmm. definitely don't want to be in that situation where you're like two to three years in and you're like, hey, you know, like everybody else around me that came in about the same time or six months ahead of me or six months after me, like they're starting to move into other positions and they're starting to get promotions and pay increases and all that kind of stuff. It's like, I haven't gotten that yet. Like, why? Yeah. Why not? You know, and yeah. it's like, well, yeah. you know, like you, you can't do this. You know, so like I had that conversation whenever I was a PE, you know, it's like, hey, what does it take for me to step into like either a senior PE role or, or like a PM, like an assistant project manager or a project manager? Yeah. It's like, well, you need to be able to handle a contract. You need to be able to do, you know, communicate yeah. with your, your subs. You need to be able to do this. You need, and so like if I had never had that conversation <clears throat> and it was just always so focused on being a really good PE, I would have never said at any point been like, hey, I want to be a PM. So like, can you help me kind of navigate how to handle a contract? 
you know like yeah. what what does it look like to write a contract like what does it look like to do that because like if you don't ask they're not gonna just automatically assume like oh this would be a good learning lesson for you or this would be a good time to get you included because they're not like a lot of times they're just focused on getting the job done and making the yeah. company money so you have exactly. to really you know drive the bus like you're saying and say hey you know if i want to be a pm or if i want to be you know a, a lead engineer or if i want to be like whatever like what skills do i need to master what do i need to show you or exemplify in order for me to step into that next role because like if you don't ask they probably won't tell you and if you never know that is you're just taking a shot in the dark at what what you need to know it's like well i'm a, yeah i'm a pro at autocad like why can't i be a lead engineer it's like well you have to like you have to be able to get a city permit right like you've got to be able to get a permit in order to to install like some sort of drainage system or whatever like you've got to have like that sort of understanding and it's like well i've never done that before and it's like we know that's why you're not the lead engineer that's not why you're exactly not the guy. So definitely have those conversations because like you don't know what all the, the job entails unless you ask yeah sweet well man i think we've i think we've hit the nail on the head on this one what do you think i i think so too hopefully hopefully other people will find it useful yeah i mean and, and, and you know we, I, I I would listen to this and I, I would say I got yeah. something out of it. So, you know, I definitely yeah. have. So it's, it's a good reminder. That's for sure. And I hope that yeah, somebody absolutely. at least got to take one thing out of that. Um, what I'd like to do is I'd like to kick us into a quick little break and then we'll come back with LinkedIn Lunatics, our, our favorite recurring Fine. segment. All right. Fine. So let's kick to ad break, which is basically you and me pausing or talking for a few seconds and then... And then we'll get right back to it. All right, we are back with LinkedIn Lunatics. Unless Luke wants to take a break. Do you want to take an actual no. break? All right. No, 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 I'm good. I'm good. Let's keep going. All right, so LinkedIn Lunatics. LinkedIn Lunatics is my favorite segment of the podcast. It, it is just wonderful and in LinkedIn Lunatics, we go through some posts on LinkedIn's of some people that, okay, maybe it's a little bit of a stretch for me to call them a lunatic. Maybe that's not nice, but I am just, I've just found the subreddit called our LinkedIn Lunatics, and I'm just sharing it for you lovely people. So what we're going to do- Daniel. You, you found some very interesting LinkedIn Lunatics, <laughs> like I will say. I watch it. Like every morning, I try and look for your videos. And I'm like, there's no way. There's no way that's that's real. That's got to be data. So you've done a good job of finding it. I will say that. Thank you. All right. So what we're gonna do is we are going to go into LinkedIn Lunatics, and we are going to go read a couple of interesting posts from some lovely, lovely people on LinkedIn. So. Let me see. Oh my goodness. You know what happened? I saved all these posts, right? And then I didn't copy the correct link. <laughs> so give me a second. Um, oh no, this is crazy. One second. Um, so I'm going to share it this way. And we're going to go this way and we're going to just try our best. So let's see if this comes across. Okay. So this one, this one says, I am convinced that posting and engaging with people on LinkedIn every day for 90 minutes is the best habit you can possibly develop. So this is not just a great habit. This is the best 
habit that you can possibly develop. On a scale of one to 10, with 10 being the most lunatic and zero not being a lunatic. Luke, what do you give this post? Uh, I think it depends on the role. I think, honestly, I would give it like an eight, right? Yeah. Like, if, you, if you're cutting out 90 minutes, 90 minutes of your day is like a long time. You know, especially considering, you know, like you've got eight hours in a day. That's like, I don't, I, I'm not going to do that quick math in my head and embarrass myself. Yeah. But 90 minutes out of eight hours in a typical work day, that's over, you know, like 20%-ish somewhere in there of your day just spent connecting with people on LinkedIn that there's a good chance that they're not even using it for that resource. It's like, yeah, who are you connecting with for 90 minutes every day? Like, yeah, who, so I'll, who I'll do you give... need to talk to? I'll give this guy a benefit of the doubt. His role is director of strategic partnerships. So maybe he's like a sales guy. So I think for him personally, maybe him actually going out and doing cold calls and engaging with people on LinkedIn for 90 minutes is like vital to his job. So I'm going to give him that benefit, but as a universal habit, it, I think it's, I agree with you. I think it's insane. I, I, I just, I don't have 90 minutes in the day to donate to LinkedIn. Like the, only time I think that it would be applicable is if you if you're in some sort of like strategic partnership like you like it says he is right so like if you work with sponsorship for some sort of athletic club if you're a recruiter um, or if you do something like some sort of sales some sort of engineering sales like yeah yeah maybe but even then I feel like there are other avenues that you can use outside of LinkedIn right like I think that you can probably you probably need to be like either cold calling or going to the actual location of like, if you're trying to get in touch with a certain vendor, like don't reach out to him on LinkedIn, like send him an email or uh, go to his office and be like, Hey, we want to work with you. We want you to be our primary supplier for electrical wire. Like, you know, don't, don't go through LinkedIn. Most people don't even check that stuff anyway. So like that's potentially a waste of time. Yeah. I mean, I, I, if somebody sends me like a has like in mail like the premium LinkedIn and sends me a message on LinkedIn, I'm significantly less likely to respond to their message. That's for sure. Yeah. And and and, yeah. and if you don't and if you if you don't if I don't know you, and we don't have like a bunch of mutual connections, I'm not going to accept a connection request because like I personally view like my LinkedIn connections as a re- as a like a reflection yeah. of me and the people that I've assembled in my life, and I'm not going to connect to you if I don't know you. Sorry. Like I, I, if I yeah. haven't worked with you in some capacity, then I'm not going to. It. so okay you got eight out of ten i'll say three out of ten in context but ten out of ten out of context is is what i'm gonna give them yeah, yeah. all right i just next inefficient use of time and as yeah. engineers we hate inefficiency yeah exactly and 90 minutes a day it just i i don't have that many yeah. minutes in the day and unless I'm doing it while I'm working out and cooking dinner and eating dinner. And at that point, yeah. then there's just no, there's no, there's no, no break. There's no rest. There's, there's nothing. It's yeah. just, yeah. yeah. All right. That, that's insane. All right. Glad we agree there. Here's the next one. All right. So this one is titled, I'm elated to announce the announcement of my elation. And uh, the post is LMAO, look at that LinkedIn bio. And his bio says Forbes 30 under 30 reader, TED Talks viewer, LinkedIn top voice muter. So it seems that this man has decided to kind of meme the the LinkedIn influencers with his post. And 
I, I, I commiserate with him and I, I understand why he's doing it. But at the same time, I don't know about you, man, but this is just another example about how LinkedIn has turned into every other social media site. I mean, it, I mean, there's just memes, memers and trolls and, and parody and fun accounts. I mean, like, it's just not what LinkedIn is meant to be. No, absolutely not. And also, I mean, it's a little bit discouraging, right? Because, so, I mean, you kind of look at this and like something that I hear about all these social media platforms is like, I need to get off of it. Right? Like, I need to stay off of Instagram or I need to stay off of whatever. Because like anytime that I'm on there, I just get angry or depressed or whatever and I see all the great highlights of everybody's life and you would hope that with LinkedIn it being more of a professional yeah source right and that's not something that you should try and like cut off because like you need those professional connections and you need that network yeah for you to get kind of like <laughs> that same feeling from a professional environment of like yeah. hey you know this is how great my life is going it's like that's not I don't want to see that like I want to congratulate somebody for starting a new position. I want to hear about this, um, you know, like the study that they did on how to be productive working from home or like how to, you know, have that conversation with my boss about a pay raise or something like I, that's the stuff that I want to see. I don't want to see you in a boat with this great view behind you, you know, that you're like, whatever. I, yeah. I know he's doing it satirically, but I know that some people do that. They just like want to parade the best avenues of their life. And it's like, don't do that. Yeah, well, it you. reminds it reminds me of like the the guys that are like on YouTube trying to sell their courses, right? Where they like they post yeah. a picture of them in front of a Lambo, and they're like, "This is why you should listen to me," and all that kind. Of, it's, it's it's just again, I it's mean, like the same crap yeah. that we're seeing on all the other social media websites, and it's like LinkedIn is like literally a professional networking site. And yeah. so I'll give you, yeah, I'll give you a little bit of. I mean, like maybe I'm just playing devil's advocate here, but if there's a in the event that uh, someone is trying to sell you on something because they pose in front of a Lambo saying how much they, they have. Yeah. Or so that way you can be like me. There's a good chance that you are funding their life by buying their course that is absolutely useless. Because like if they had it, like if they could actually do it, wouldn't need to sell a course for it. Right. And like there's a good chance that they bought that Lambo in order to try and sell you what they're trying to sell. All marketing schemes. So don't do it. Don't buy them. They're useless. Yeah. And also like, it's leased. It's leased. Like yeah. they didn't. They didn't or, buy it. Or rented. Or rented yeah. for a day. Like they yeah. were just like, hey, I want a yellow Lambo. It's like you know that's going to be like eighteen hundred dollars to rent for the week or whatever. They're like, it's fine because it'll pay off in like six or seven months whenever I sell. I have many of these courses that I sell. Yeah. And it's like yeah, okay. So yeah. don't do that. Don't fall for that. Amen. All right. Next one. So we. What was your LinkedIn lunatic score for him? I'm gonna add oh. a button. I'm gonna add a button that like pulls up a number whenever I like I press the button. It's gonna be great. So his, I I hope that his is satirical. So if his is satirical, I would give him like a two, maybe. Okay. Right? Cause, like I think he's doing. I think it's very obvious that he's doing it. You know, like ironically. Yeah. But if this is like a legitimate post, like if somebody posts something like this, where it's like this really long paragraph of how like they feel so accomplished in life and they've done all this kind of crazy stuff, like that kind of stuff, it's like it's like a six or a seven it's like mild annoyance and frustration that i have to scroll past it and yeah. i don't want to see it <laughs> yeah yeah all right I'll, I'll give him i'll give him a five because he floats the the border of of being a lunatic but also he's still he's not a lunatic but he's still annoying so that's what right. I'll, I'll give him 
All right, next one. Next one is titled, Gotta Reach That Quota. Uh Uh-oh. So, this person said, I felt disappointed in myself last week for not posting the recommended three to five times on LinkedIn. I was scared I would down emoji, lose connections, sleeping emoji, lose my motivation to get back into posting, question thinking emoji, forget what I want to post about. But in reality, I'm so proud of the week I've had. I signed the contract for my post-grad job. I met my new bosses in person for the first time. And bonus, I got to spend my birthday in Spain with my best friend. What have you done this week that you're proud of? Hashtag motivation. Hashtag LinkedIn. Hashtag connections. Hashtag time off. And then top it off with a lovely little picture enjoying what looks like an alcoholic beverage in Spain. Which, first of all, no problem with alcoholic beverage. Uh, Most adults do drink alcohol. However, I do have some opinions about this one. But I'm going to kick it over to you first, Luke. What what do you think? I mean, just I mean, let me put it back up there so that you can see it because there's a lot there. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I see it. I have it pulled up right here. Um, I think the priorities are all out of whack, man. Like I'll be real, I'll be real honest with you. Like in the in the, and that's the thing that maybe I just I'm I'm missing or I'm not understanding about a lot of these posts is that you know like in in my in, in at least in my world, like my, my priorities is like job is like right up there. Number one, right? Like that should come first. Like I would never have sacrificed signing contract for a post-grad job over posting to LinkedIn. Like that's definitely not meeting my bosses right there. At, you know, like we, we already talked about that earlier, you know, with like the goal thing, it's like you want to network and connect. And I guarantee you that connecting in person in real life is way more important than trying to connect to somebody digitally through a, like a, uh, professional social media platform. Um, and then also like same thing, you know, work-life balance. Like I want, I mean, kudos to her for being able to enjoy Spain with her best friend. Um, but that's definitely something that you should take the time to enjoy. But if you're sacrificing any of those things to post to LinkedIn three to five times, I mean, unless yeah. you're like some sort of, I mean, unless it's like kind of the same thing, like you're marketing your, which it looks like that's what she is, unless you're marketing or sales or something like that, where there is a significant correlation between the amount of posts that you make or the amount of like whatever effort that you're on on some sort of digital platform and like your sales and your performance, that's just like, there's no need for that. Like that's, you know, like that's not something something that you should post there. And also doing yeah. this, I don't know if it's having the positive encouragement that people are speaking, right? They're saying, they're seeing that and they're going, well, like, is that a possibility for me to do all the, to lose all those things if I'm not posting three to five times a week? Should I be posting three to five times a week? Yeah. You know, like also, I, it, yeah. Where, where's, where's the recommendation that you post three to five times a week on LinkedIn? Is, is that the recommendation that like you need to do that in order to become like an influencer? Like, I don't. Yeah. Like, I don't, yeah, like, I don't know, you know, like, that's just, like, seeing this is so, like, odd, I guess, like, trying to understand what she's getting at there, you know, and then, like, people will pull bad connections with a lot of things, right, and it's like, oh, well, she's been posting three to five times a week on her LinkedIn, and look, and look what she did, right, like, she just signed a a post-grad job, you know, like, maybe that's the secret, she just, she got to meet her bosses and on top of that, like she went to Spain for her birthday and she doesn't look very old. And so for her to, you know, been able to travel internationally 
and bring her best friend with her and have just graduated her post-grad, like she must be doing something right and something successful. And so it's just creating a very like convoluted image of how you can accomplish the things that you want in your life. And it's like, don't, don't, don't do that. Don't, don't mislead people. Like, don't do yeah, that. Well, That's not, I, not okay. Yeah. I don't, I, I honestly like, again, I'm, I, I'm going to focus in on the three to five times a week. Cause what is there that you can like, what possible Val, like, what what are you doing? Yeah, three to five times. Like, what are you posting? I want to see him. Like, I, 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 I'm afraid to do that because I don't want to go that far into it. But like, I mean, I would if somebody in my LinkedIn network was posting three to five times a week, I would mute them. Again, but then I I don't I don't personally scroll through LinkedIn like it's like it's Facebook. I mean, the mm-hmm. only time I'm on LinkedIn is to congratulate somebody for a new job, um, or getting recognized for some kind of award related to their career that was you know posted to them by their maybe the the this organization that recognizes them, or. Or to yeah, make the, a connection the, with somebody the, that the, you know, right? Yeah, that, that's literally it. That's 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 it um yeah. or maybe i'll go on there every once in a while to message somebody that i'm already connected with to say hey i'm gonna be in town i don't yeah. have, i don't have i don't have your phone number what's up or hey just wanted to let you know what i'm up to how what are you up to with your career that's basically yeah. it maybe we're using linkedin wrong maybe i need to stop maybe this segment. It. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe okay, we're doing but, it wrong. I don't know. Yeah. But I mean, like, I don't know what you would. I feel like we're doing things right, right? Like, I feel like we've accomplished some things and we're pretty successful. So, like, maybe yeah. we are. Maybe we aren't. I don't know. They're gonna find us. They're gonna find us, and then we're they're gonna they're gonna call us out for being a couple bros with a microphone with with no, yeah. no knowledge. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. I mean, that is also like I didn't just spend my birthday in Spain. So, like, you know, yeah. maybe I yeah. am doing something wrong. You know what I mean? I mean, oh, so, I think yeah, that I she, she she goes to school. I think Hull is like up in somewhere in Europe, so you know it's pretty interconnected. So it's not um, anything okay. too crazy. But, okay. Okay. But yeah, it's not like she's going from the U.S. But yeah, okay. that's um, it's just yeah, I, I'd give her a seven out of ten for the just on the three to five times a week alone. Um, yeah, that's just I think that's, a lot. Yeah. I would agree with you. I, I would maybe bump it up, but I think seven is a pretty good number. And I mean, I think like from what it looks like, she's doing it somewhat innocently. You know, like she's she's uh, probably trying to post on there to be somewhat motivational, but it's not not the place to do it. So yeah. if she wants somebody just to patch on the back, go, go somewhere else. Yeah. All right. Last one. This one. This one's a good one, buddy. Uh, you're going to have a lot of opinions. Yeah. You're going to love, you're going to love this one. All right. All right. So I'm not going to read some of the words that this woman says here, but I'm going to show them on my screen and then we will, we will talk about them. All right. So post is awful response by Femispace. And this lovely lady posted, pardon my language, but are you kidding me? And the post job posting says, and by the way, this woman who posted this, not a lunatic. Gonna establish that from the very beginning. Not a yeah. lunatic. She is not a lunatic. Kayla, Kayla, you are a hero. Now, to be fair, 
Would I personally use that language on LinkedIn? No, but you're a hero. You're a hero. You're a hero. All right. Post says, UX UI designer internship dash unpaid internship. 15, 11 to 50 employees. Easy apply through LinkedIn. Qualifications. Two plus years of experience as a product designer, preferably in a consumer-facing business-to-customer environment. Solid foundation in the fundamentals of design and a keen eye for pixel-perfect details. Experience with complex data-driven visualizations, dashboards, and user interactions. Working... <coughs> God, sorry. I'm, I'm so angry I'm coughing. Working knowledge of the following technologies and software. Figma, Envision, Adobe XD, Adobe Creative Suite, HTML, CSS, SCHS, iOS, and Android, and design systems. Knowledge of front-end development technologies, a plus. Okay, so the other ones are required. These ones are a plus. HTML, Angular, React, etc. Knowledge of responsive design and mobile UI. Multitasking and time management skills with the ability to prioritize tasks. And a bachelor's degree. So for this unpaid internship, two years of experience, working knowledge, and a bachelor's degree. Unpaid internship. All right. So she posts this, and then the company responds. Oh, did they? I didn't see that. They part. responded. All right. So oh, Luke, yeah. I'm going to give I you see. the opportunity to read this. Unless reading is too hard for you, but I need to cough. I am from Louisiana, so don't put it past me. <laughs> no, oh, I, I didn't can, say I that. Can... <laughs> it was implied. It's all right. I picked up on it, Daniel. All right. But uh, all right. I, uh, yeah, I can go ahead and go ahead and read, read that this for one you. for so, us. Stimaspace says, Hi, all. I'm so glad that you all, <clears throat> that all of you have high pay, tons of experience, and a lot of free time to disperse negative energy on the internet trying to discourage innovative startups from bringing life-saving solutions to the masses. I agree that unpaid internship is controversial, and yes, it is 100% legal in the USA. As a pre-revenue startup, I feel no guilt about using this option on the market the same way the most lucrative Fortune 100 companies do and even Congress. In the U.S. Senate, only 51% of interns are paid by Republicans and as low as 31% by Democrats. You can read the report, blah, 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 here. And they included a link. It says you're missing quite a few points. Uh, the job market in general, job descriptions are up to 20% wishful thinking. Demand for an internship is much higher than supply, even unpaid. Students need experience not only to graduate, but also to find the next paid job. If you want to help unpaid interns to get a salary, maybe you can offer them a job. I can read quite, I can send quite a few of them to you. Okay. So they, they not only they have one, they have multiple of these. They already have some. Yeah. All right. So let me go first. Screw Femispace. Unpaid internships are like evil, 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 evil. If, if you're relying on interns to deliver a product so much that you, you relying on them so hard and you can't even pay them, but you need them, then, um, your business model sucks. (laughs) Like, yeah. Your your business model sucks. Like you're moving too fast or or whatever. But I mean, if you're gonna rely on some interns to deliver, I mean, yeah. And just pointing at other unpaid internships 
does it make your crappy unpaid internship okay? Like, just because yeah. other places are bad does not mean that you're good. Like, and... I, this is just sad. Like, I, I, it just makes yeah. me mad, man. It just, it makes me mad. I, 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 I don't have... I, I've ranted so many times about unpaid internships, but, like, it just... If, if you already don't value my work product enough to pay me at all, not even minimum working wage, then then why would you value me enough for me to want to work for you long term? Like, you just you're just sending the signal that you're a terrible employer. You know, like I, I don't know. What, what 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 are your takes? Um. So I think this one's a little a little tricky. Um. So I agree in the setting that if you are at a professional company that is profitable right and like you're taking the opportunity to take on interns because maybe like you see a demand in the future for the you know for us you know like an engineering position um yeah. if you want to grow your company and you want to you know get in some bright young minds that you can really you know introduce into the company, into the culture and how you do things and how you want the, co- the company to continue to grow. Yeah. I think you're going to have to pay them. All right. Cause like you have to also consider what kind of interns you're going to get if you don't pay them. Yeah. You know, like if you're really, cause like I know people and I mean, I'm sure you know this too, but like, if you want to like the best of the best, you know, like they're getting internships that are paying them 40 plus dollars an hour. Right. Like yeah. they're making, like they're making, you know, like if you were to, you know, spread that across the entirety of a year, like they're making an 80 K salary over the course of the summer. It's like, do you, you really want to convince like that caliber of student to come and work for you unpaid? Like you're not going to, like you're going to get the, the kids that like didn't get a response from anybody else. And they're hoping that they can get this foot in the door. So that way the next time they go and apply somewhere, they can say, yeah. well, I have this experience, you know, cause yeah. that's like, that's a big, that's a big thing that a lot of people want. Now, as far as this one goes, I think this is a little bit misleading. I don't think they should have put internship in here. I think they should have said what it was and what it looks like is... A job, an entry-level job. They need an entry-level yeah, job. No, no, what they need is like they need like a more like a business partner that's going to help them with their startup. That's what they need. Like They need somebody that's willing to completely invest in whatever product or whatever they're producing with the potential for there to be part ownership. You know, so like if you're getting an intern that's coming in, that's only going to be there for a summer. Also, like yeah. if you can do all of those things and you so like if you have two plus years of experience as a product designer, if you have working knowledge of all these technologies and softwares, if you have a bachelor's degree, which if you have a bachelor's degree and can do all those things, you probably are some sort of electrical engineer or cyber engineer or, uh, you know, like computer. Um, what is it? Com- uh, I can't remember. What, what's the computer one? Computer technology? No, it's not that. They need... Um, but anyway, like, you probably have some really sophisticated degree that is, you know, centered around coding, centered around, like, a lot of tech. And, or just experience, yeah. Yeah, and so, like, you're not going, like... Again, it's kind of like the same thing of... Like what kind of caliber of employee are you going to get, right? So like if you're not, if you want somebody with two years of experience and a bachelor's degree, and it's just going to be an internship over a period of time, and there's no potential for any sort of benefit, it's like why am I doing this? Like yeah. the only reason yeah. I'll be doing this is if I graduated with a 1.8 GPA, 
and I can't get anything and nobody wants to hire me. So I, what do I do? I go to this unpaid internship because it's the only thing available in my city. Yeah. And it's the only way that I can get my foot in the door somewhere. So that way the next place I go, I can say, Hey, this is all the stuff that I did. Right. But even then it's like, are you really going to have the two plus years of experience? Like, unless you're just a terrible employee and you have a terrible GPA, like, yeah, I, I just, yeah. So like, I kind of want to apply. Is, <laughs> you should let me know how that goes. Let me know what they say. But, but again, so like, if this is something that I think it could be, or what they probably need to be looking for is what they need to be looking for. is more of like a partner. Like they need to be looking for somebody with, a lot of experience and a lot of experience with startups that can go through and create the product that they want. And then they would be a partner in it. So like they would be probably some sort of owner or part owner of it. Like they own five or 10% of the company. Yeah. They don't need a college intern with two years of experience and a bachelor's degree. Like, you no, know, you need somebody that's going to get your product off the ground that the 11 to 50 employees that are depending on you getting this product off the ground. Cause I'm sure they're not getting paid a lot that are depending on you getting this product off the ground can actually, you know, like find a reason to keep coming into work and not just abandon ship. As soon as things start to start, turn south, they have some faith in what they're doing. So no, yeah. this is ridiculous. Yeah. And just, just for the benefit, I know, can you see my screen? Uh, no. So you I can't see, see what I've been sharing this entire time. Oh, sorry. I, I didn't realize that you couldn't even see that. So, um, if you go to their website, it, it reeks of herbal essence or herbal life or whatever that, um, whatever that, uh, you know, the one that the MLM company that sells like juices and stuff. It's just like a juice company. And yeah, their website could definitely use some work because at the top of the website, it says like flurpa, 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 flurper. Um, like there's definitely some issues with their website, but it sounds like they, they just yeah. need to pay like a subcontractor or a contractor to just develop their website and they just want to have a website made for free. And that's just not how it works. You know, like it costs yeah. money to have a website. And if you didn't calculate that into your pro forma for running your company, then Sounds like you screwed up, you know, like, yeah, yeah well, you want, you basically, you basically want somebody to build and maintain your website for you for free. And that's for free. just, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, they know, like there's a reason that like a lot of businesses fail and it's because they try and cut corners and make shortcomings and like that's, this is not, absolutely not. So we'll see if they, uh, hang around and they, they stay there maybe in a year five years or something we'll see how you know yeah how well they do but i yeah i can't see it being a very successful yeah yeah me too man uh so best of luck to them so um wish them the best of luck yeah yeah exactly so that was linkedin lunatics i'm gonna give femispace a a 13 out of 10 and our girlfriend kayla a zero a zero out of 10 um, yeah. Luke, we, what we've done is we've, we've hit an hour. So I know that we had some other questions lined up, but honestly, I'm pretty satisfied with our hour. So, you know, we did, we did a little intro. We did a little bit of, about you, got some general advice on, on career progression. And then we did finished off with some LinkedIn lunatics. So I call this a successful first episode 
with you, Luke. What do you think? Um, I think so. I mean, unless you want to, unless you want to do anything else, I don't mind. We can make this one a little long. It's up to you. Your podcast. You just let me know. I got some time. So yeah. Well, it. why don't we? Why don't we go ahead and call it for this episode and end here? Perfect. This has been episode twenty-five of the Engineering Success Podcast with guest host Luke Callahan. Potential potential future recurring guest host we'll see we'll see we'll see we'll see uh but we'll see how much i have to travel yeah exactly but we're, we're always a great treat to have you on luke thank you so much for joining and this has been the engineering success podcast i just made a pilot then they threw me on the stations i'm not complaining i'm not complaining my thoughts get complicated i cannot explain the lameness never losing focus because i ain't chasing payments still playing in the basin while i'm working on arrangements they heard the kid in 50 countries thank god that's amazing but i'd rather thank spotify they put me on the station hey guys i want to tell you about a new podcast called tequila time The Tequila Time Podcast is a weekly podcast of fusion of tech, entertainment, business, travel, and more. And of tequila, of course. Dive right in as your host, Kellen and Marius, explore relevant topics to the business world and beyond. Join them in their travels around the world and learn about how new technology and the newest Silicon Valley trends. Hear their interviews with special guests possessing unparalleled knowledge within their disciplines. You can find them on anchor.fm slash tequila time and on Instagram as the Tequila Time Podcast.